Yo, yo, yo. Welcome to episode number 138. That's 138 of Wings, Beers, and Tears. We are your DMV Sports Podcast. What is going on, Jerry? My man. Typical worst sports town in America, Washington. (laughs) Uh, And I am Todd, and we do not have a special guest this evening. So it is the two knuckleheads. We're going to take you through the DMV Sports Landscape as we are in the sprint in between Thanksgiving and Christmas, man, it's going to be a fast and furious four weeks. Uh, but there is nothing short to. There's no shortage of topics in the DMV sports landscape right now. You've got college basketball. You've got college football. You've got Commanders still uh, working their way down to get the best draft pick they can. <laughs> exactly. You've got the Ravens who look like a very, very uh, interesting team heading into the stretch run in the playoffs. Um, the Washington Capitals are uh, kind of rounding into form, and they're an interesting story in and of themselves. Um, and quite honestly, the only real DMV sports team that is absolutely rudderless right now is the Washington Wizards. Oh, my God, they're terrible. <laughs> the Nats are going to be better again next year. The O's look like they're poised to be one of the top. You know, They're, they're an early pick for a lot of World Series predictions and such. So Nats and O's are going to be exciting come baseball time. College sports are pretty decent right now. Um, again, I think everybody thought the Caps were going to kind of be like a bottom feeder, and they're right there near the top half of the league. Um, and then obviously you've got the NFL, which is king. So, so we got a lot to talk about. Thank God we don't talk about the Wizards very often because yeah, they're, they're the worst franchise in all of sports. It's hard to think they, of one. They're up there. Worse. I believe that they play the Pistons tonight, who have lost thirteen in a row, and the Wizards have lost nine in a row. <laughs> I guarantee you that Detroit will score at least one hundred and twenty points. Probably they, the Wizards play no defense. It's it's pathetic. Um, all right, man. So let's get into it. So we're not going to spend a ton of time on college sports because college basketball season is only six to seven games in. Maryland is three and three right now. A disa- yes, a very disappointing start. I, for one, am optimistic about the, the trajectory of the team. And I think this is going to be our first chance to see if Kevin Willard is actually a pretty good coach. Yeah, that's true. Last year, he assembled the parts that were given to him, and he did a really nice job, got him to the tournament. That's what you would expect from a big-time hire at a big-time program. But now he's got his guys who he retained and got in as freshmen, his own transfer portal people, and they're off to a three and three start, which is a bit of a head scratcher. Something's not jiving. Right. So, again, I look at the parts on this team and I go that their sum should be way better than anything we've seen thus far. And it's a long season. I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt right now and see what you got, coach. You know, coach him up, boy. Let's go. You know, Um, but we'll see there. Um, We'll know the Terp. Terps and West Virginia bowl games when we do this podcast this time next week. Mm-hmm. Um, so not really much to say other than Terps got seven wins, West Virginia got eight wins, and they're both going to a pretty decent bowl for both programs. Yeah, they're both going to a bowl. Um, yep. West Virginia didn't beat a team with a winning record all year, so um, take that as a great assault. Anytime you say that on the message board, though, you get attacked for being a pussy and not a good <laughs> fan. and You know, they, <laughs> So, uh, you so if you refrain from the message board posting, yeah, I mean, I just say you guys are morons, and, <laughs> right? You know, quit being a quit being a baby. <laughs> um, yes, yeah, so we'll be able to talk about the bowl games that they're going to next week, as well as the top four in college football, which this weekend is going to be very intriguing to see how the top four ends up. I yeah. don't want to make any predictions because college football is so unpredictable. Well, 
I'll make a prediction. Michigan is going to steamroll Iowa because Iowa may be the worst team I've ever seen that actually wins games. I don't know how they win games. 13-10. They beat Nebraska 13-10 this weekend. I watched that game every time, and I wanted to hang myself. (laughs) And I love college football, but it was awful. Yeah, no, yeah. Well, we'll talk about it next week. But I think Michigan and Georgia are by far the best teams. Um, we'll Michigan's see. Michigan's really good. We'll see how the others play out. The thing is, I think Ohio State's just as good as they are. They just they just couldn't get over the hump again. I, just, I don't know. Well, we, I don't know if they're as good as as they are. Um, Michigan, when they want to, they line up and they get five yards of play, right? I mean, it and that quarterback doesn't have to make a lot of plays, but. You know, he'll make some solid play. They are – when they – their line and their system, they're virtually unstoppable. They're yeah. just like a machine. They get five, they six yards every time. Which begs the question, how the fuck did Maryland get within a touchdown of them a couple weeks ago? Well, I, was I, a, I would say that, first of all, Maryland's not bad. Yep. Second of all, it's a trap game. Yeah. They're getting yeah. ready for Ohio State. That's um, why you play the games, baby. Yeah. Hey, man, what if Iowa goes out there and gets a punt return and three turnovers? Oh, and the I mean, game's 20 to 18 they just or something. Can't school. I know. I, mean, I know. It's going to be a bloodbath. Uh, so we will turn our attention to the pro ranks. And I say we start with the caps and then All we right. get into some some juicy commanders and Ravens stuff because there's a lot to talk about there. All right. Uh, so, Todd, let me give you the proposed lineups for tonight. And that's probably a good way to transition to the injuries. All right. Let's do it. Uh, first projected line Ovechkin, Kuznetsov, Wilson. Mm-hmm. Second line McMichael, Strom, Phillips. Third line, Milano, LaPierre, Protus. Mm-hmm. Fourth line, Malestine, Dowd, Mantha. First pairing for defense, Faravari and Carlson. Then Sandine and Jensen. Then Edmondson, TVR. Um, so it, this is according to RMNB, and apparently Mantha was skating, so they he's getting the, the jersey tonight. Uh, no Oshi. Um, for a while. For a while, and maybe even ever. I don't. I mean, I, I know that his wife came out with a tweet and said, you know, he's doing better. But God damn man, how many fucking times are you gonna are you gonna run the risk of getting another head injury? Yeah, he. Uh, yeah, that, that. Look, man, it's a tough one, and I don't want to sound heartless because he's such a good dude. Yeah, such a good player. Um. And he was just been a key cog in all of the success that we've been able to enjoy in Washington, you know, because he came on board in, what, 2015, 2016, I think. And he was one of those missing pieces, I think, that got us over the hump in that playoff run. Um, But he's a shell of himself right now. Even go back eight, seven, eight games ago, and I'll show you film, and I'll be like, dude, the guy's old. Yeah. He's, he's, He's skating. He's skating okay. His hands look like they're a tad off in terms of timing. That happens with age. He's not a true goal scorer. He's a crafty guy. Right. It's almost like that veteran pitcher that's got that little zip on his curveball, and you're like, oh, he could pitch forever. And then all of a sudden, his fastball's like 83. And yeah. you're like, oh, well, shit, now the curveball's not even any good anymore. Age is you know? undefeated, bro. It is. So I, I feel for him. I'm with you. I, I He's got a beautiful family. He's fucking all-star dude off the ice. He's mm-hmm. got his own line and product line of hockey gear. He promotes the sport for all kinds, like you know, people with disabilities and everything else. Like He is your classic spokesman for the game. Right. They could have a good 30-year career in the, in the booth, you know, doing his own side jobs, working for a team, et cetera. Dude, latch onto that, bro. Devontae Smith-Pelly is going to be in the booth for the next five games with John Walton. Yep. 
that seems to me to be a perfect spot for Oshi. I mean, obviously, he's got a lot of money to walk away from. Sure. Right? So, to me, he he's a step up. He has the look that like he could be on that TNT panel. Yeah. You know. Well, you got to start somewhere, right? Yeah. He's sharp. He's he's witty. He's you know again likable. You know the whole nine. Having him out for a while, it, it does hurt because he is that veteran presence. And I know I just bashed him kind of on the ice, but he's only got one goal through 17 games this year. I know. Um, so it's not like his contributions are – they're hard to quantify right now. Now, does LaPierre play the same position that he does? Uh, kind of. Um, look, man, oh, she's a winger. He's a winger, okay. Wingers. Now, he, can, he gets back defensively. He's played center at times in his career when you've needed him. He's got that uh, flexibility. Uh, I got news for you. LaPierre comes up as a center, but he's playing on the wing right now. McMichael right. is a center. He's playing on the wing right now. Right. You've well, LaPierre's two. 3C right now, according to, the, according to this lineup. You've got, you got, you got multiple young, talented guys that can plop in and play center or either wing, quite honestly. Either one of those guys is good enough skating-wise. They can play on the offside. So, so I'm not you- as concerned about the injuries right now. Do you think that uh, – I did see like somewhere on some website where the NHL is maybe sort of frowning towards the long-term injured reserve because it seems to be being used a lot now. Um, and obviously Nick Backstrom is, is uh, a good example because the designation sort of came out of nowhere. It was not like it was like one game where he couldn't walk. Right, right, and I just remember because I remember I was surprised. Like, why now, man? He he must have really looked bad in practice. He must have just injured it. Um, Todd's hit the spot with Mage. Mage is so is happy to be back at the podcast. Um, and a lot of teams are putting their veteran bad contracts on long term injured reserve. Uh, Oshie's a no brainer, really. I mean, you saw him come off the ice; couldn't even fucking come off the ice. So. Yeah, so, so look. I mean, do you think the, I guess my long-winded question is, do you think the NHL is going to start cracking down more? So they can't with the way it's written into the CBA. Right. Okay. When they had the last lockout slash strike, I mean, both sides were culpable, so I kind of locked lock those two together. And they went to the very hard and fast um, salary cap rules, roster sizes, the inability to stash guys um, illegally, that kind of thing. You have to be able to tie it to something physical or mental health. You know, they wrote that into it as well. Um, once, um, Once that was set in stone, and if you go retroactively back six, seven, eight years, you had teams at the top. 100% 100% abusing it, and you can't convince me otherwise. Right. Pittsburgh was guilty of it two to three years in a row. Right. How they stayed under the cap to compete for those cups, I'll fucking never have any idea. Complete fucking cheaters, but it was under the letter of the law. Yeah, cheaters. And most recently, the Tampa Bay Lightning basically didn't even tell you they weren't cheating. They were like, yeah, we're, Kucherov could play, but he's not going to. And we're right. just going to stash him. It was like, what the fuck? So here you've got Nick Backstrom, who's come off hip replacement surgery yeah, and TJ Oshie that obviously left looking like, you know, a cartoon character that just got bopped on the head. Well, so. I, I do think that Nick Backstrom is doing the Caps a favor while he, oh, eva- I, I while he so evaluates. Too. I mean, I, I, I don't think... I think I think they're doing each a favor. Right. They're doing it in a classy way. Right, and you wouldn't a- expect anything else from that organization. I think they're so well run. I really do. Right. Um, but, but, yeah. if, but if... Uh, let's speculate. Mm-hmm. And if Oshie goes on... Uh, long-term injury reserve. 
That opens up a shit ton of cap space to Absolutely. to get a top six. I mean, that's what McClellan, he makes no secret. Maybe he doesn't play his cards to the vest well enough because mm-hmm. he's honest when yeah. he gives <laughs> we're, we're looking for a top six winger. Right. Um, and that would seem to give the flexibility somebody to, you know. Because yeah. I'm telling you, when I went to the game, and I've been to one, so I'm, I know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Clearly. Um, <laughs> I was noticeably astonished on how little the veterans that the last time I had been to were being used. I mean, a veteran comes out on power plays. It's pretty much worthless. Um, he's, you know, not a very good skater anymore, um, but he's still really fucking crafty with the puck. I mean, he's, he you know, he's going to get his goal. He's a goal scorer, but he doesn't do much else. Oh, um, he still hits. And they limit, but they limit his minutes. Yeah. He's not out there very much. Which is smart. Yeah. I've, been, I've been advocating for this for years. Right. Um, uh, the game that I went to was LaPierre, like sort of. He had like three points, so oh, he was he was, he was all over. Right, yeah. he was great. Uh, but Malastra- you can see it, answer this question for me because, as you have said, and these are your words, you're like, I watch hockey more like a novice. You know, I'm looking for I'm looking for the big play. My eyes go to where the better players are. Guys like LaPierre and McMichael, they just fucking skate on a different level, right? Well, compared to our veterans, you know. Well, they're a lot faster. Than what I'm used to seeing, yeah, exactly, right? exactly. So, you saw that, right? Yeah. yeah. So and and they were. Um, like Beck Malmstrom was out a lot, mm-hmm. um, and Wilson actually, I don't think he got in a fight, but he was about ready to get in a fight, and everybody, like my Holly was getting excited. I'm like, no, we don't want that anymore, right? We'll get the young kid out here, and he'll That's be right. the enforcer, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and now that Edmondson is healthy, he's your other one on the ice. Yeah, I that was – I know he's a D-man, but right. at the same time, he's a third-pair guy. He's a vet at this point. That was his first game back, so they didn't play him very many minutes, and maybe they're not going to play – I just, I'll tell you, Carlson's a fucking liability. He's, he's a liability, and, and I texted you during the game because they he had a turnover. It looked to me, you know <laughs> you know how like you have your pretzel, right? You're eating your pretzel, and then you fucking look up, and someone's got the puck, and then they don't have the puck, and they score, and like, what the fuck just happened? That's sort of that moment. But I swear to God, I saw Carlson with the puck, and he flipped it behind the net to the other fucking team. They made one pass and score, and the goalie's like looking around like, what the fuck? Did we just do? I think he's he'll he'll do one of that he'll do one of those every every three or four games. You're gonna have to live with that to some degree because he's just such a <clears throat> he's such a controlling presence on the blue line. I think if you look at high minute guys around the league um, of his ilk in that low thirty age bracket, who's gonna put up forty or fifty points from the blue line, who's a little more offensively inclined you're going to see two to three turnovers per night from them. So, for example, you probably don't know who this is, but in Dallas, um, uh, Heiskanen. Is oh, fucking Heiskanen's my guy. No, okay. I don't know who that is. Absolute stud, all-star, every, everything else. The Dallas fan base is, like, turning on him because he leads the league in turnovers right now. He's also got 20 points as a defenseman. And I'm like, he's out there for half the fucking game. It's almost like trying to defend somebody one-on-one in the NBA, and you're like, oh, man, he scored on you nine out of ten times. It's like, yeah, well, his name's LeBron, and I can't cover him 1v1, you know? Right. There's only so much you can do, and and you look like you're exposed when you're in those positions. I will say this. Carlson has never been a stalwart lockdown defender. He's the offensive upside guy, but he's the perfect hybrid between what we had in Mike Green and what everybody hated about Mike Green. They were like, all he has to do is play a little bit of defense. Well, that's what Carlson does, you know? Yeah. Um, so he's he's fine. Um, he's a vet. He, he's going to be okay. 
I like the young guys on the back end. And I, I have to remind myself, Ferrari's only played like four or five games this year. He's right. been out for an extended period of time, and he's one of your better skaters back there on the blue line. Sandine has been absolutely um, snake-bitten in terms of points right now. Yeah. And he's going to get his no problem. Alexiev is a young body. He's been playing really well. Lucas Johansson's a young body. He's been playing more. I guess the long-winded version of what I just said and what you just said, for the first time in a long time, we're playing a whole lot of bodies that are on the younger side of things, and that is thus limiting the numbers, both production-wise, but also minutes for some of the vets that we used to rely on. So it's like we can't have it both ways. We can't yell at LaViolette last year for not playing the young guys, but then having Ovi put up 40. You know, yeah, no, no, no. it's like, you know, he's, I think I think the, the coaches Carberry is doing the right thing. Oh, he's, he's doing a bang up job so far. All right. So let me give you some names and tell me the uh, percentage that the Cavs make a trade for him. OK. Patrick Kane. Nope. William Nylander. Very possible. Jeremy Swayman. Nope. Linus Olmark. Nope. Juicy C. <laughs> Saros, I don't know how to say his name from Oh, Saros? Saros. No. Um, those are that, according to TSN, no, I'm sorry, the hockey news. Mm-hmm. They, these are the the rumors that got people that are available. I'm gotcha. Sure, I'm sure you knew that. Now, the only one on there that makes any sense for both parties is Nylander. Um, Toronto has a gluttony of, of scoring and young talent. Uh, they need some more toughness. The Caps have plenty of toughness and need some scoring and some talent. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure they're just demanding way too much right now. Oh, his price tag would be ridiculous. Right. He'd be a first plus a stud. You know, yeah. I don't. I don't think the Caps are in a position to do that. Kuznetsov's in a first. They're. They don't. I don't think they need a guy like Kuznetsov. Though. They don't they've want got, a guy they've like. They got too many guys of yeah, that ilk. They don't um, want a guy like Kuznetsov. No. Um, I'll, all right. So the Caps are, I think, ten five and two right now. They are. They're third um, place in the Metro. And um, I'm I'm a bit surprised. I don't think that the run that they've been on is quite sustainable. But that's okay. No, they 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 got smoked the last game because they had been winning games. Correct. It just kind of came it, to bite yeah. them at that point. Um, this road trip is going to be interesting. So they're going out west for the first time, <clears throat> and they play San Jose tonight. Got to get that one. Then they play L.A. Mm-hmm. Then they play Anaheim. Then they play Vegas. Then they play Arizona. And before you poo-poo Arizona, they're actually sitting in a playoff spot in the West right now. I'm going to poo-poo them, but go um, ahead. So uh, that wasn't directed at you. It's just the general public is, oh, Arizona probably sucks again, but they actually don't. Um, and uh, so that's going to be tough. West Coast is always tough when you're an East Coast team. Was it five games in eight days or nine days or something like that? Yeah, the next five, you're, you're right. <sighs> I so think six points out of those five games is, is doable. That. That's, Three and two, or that's not you know, bad. yeah, you know, I mean, obviously the Golden Knights uh, would be terrible. That's good. That's going to be a hard game. They're obviously really good, right? Um, Arizona's nine and nine. You got to win tonight. What's L.A.? Oh, uh, they're I thirteen think they're second. three. Okay, yeah. that's yeah. that's tough. Anaheim. Anaheim's well. They're they're an interesting team. You know what's funny? I think the L.A. game, to me, is the most telling so far this season because that is the Caps' mirror image on the West Coast. Their team that two years ago was aging, right? out of the playoff picture, traded away all their veterans. They traded away Jonathan Quick. They decided to keep Anze Kopitar and a couple other guys. You're like, oh, all right. you know. Last year, everybody's like, well, fuck, these guys almost made the playoffs. Uh, yeah, they're still old. They're they're thirteen to three right now. Like they're a very similar story to the right. Caps, where I think a lot of people in the league 
thought that the Caps would be, eh, it's a transition year, new coach, bunch of young guys, they're not going to be any good, and they're good. All right, so, I'm going to say win tonight, lose to, against L.A., beat Anaheim, lose to Vegas, lose in overtime to Arizona, five points. There's your five. Yep. I think five to six points is very very reasonable from this stretch if, if they can do it. Okay. Well, we'll see what happens with Oshie, how long he's going to be out. Um, I will I, say one thing that when makes I, what, me feel good about this team, mm-hmm. and I was trying to compare it to the last couple of years because there's been so many changes at the coaching staff and everything else. The biggest difference for me is I've always said hockey's a, a really t- t- narrow sport, small margin for error. You're going to win a bunch of games you shouldn't. You're going to lose a bunch of games that you should You know, whatever. Um, goaltending is such the equalizer over the course of 82 games. And two years ago, we're sitting at this table bitching, why aren't the Caps better? And we had Samsonov and Vanacek as our goalies. This year, we have Kemper and Lindgren. I don't think so, Kemper's played very well, and but he's it, really good. So I, exactly. if he gets hot, then... then and that's where I'm at. Like right. You've got two able-bodied goalies that even if they're not showing their best stuff, they keep you in games. Yeah, you know? I think, but I think Kemper, you know, he'll get on a hot streak here, and then things will look really a lot better than they do now. Yeah. No, um, I, and that makes me feel good about this team. Yeah, that, that gives me optimism. The, the pessimism I have is that you just don't fucking know. They could collapse, right? You, you, you never know. You never know. You, you never know. know. I guess, I guess my, my more on the optimistic side of things is I figured it would take a little bit longer for some of the vets to accept a different style of play because they've had veteran coaches the last right. few years. And even Reardon being a first-time head coach is a very veteran mentality coach. Like, he wasn't going to stir the pot. It was like, no, we're going to play the way we've always played. Well, you yeah. have to feel – like for me, I think Kemper will play better. Mm-hmm. It, you know, uh, he's not playing terrible, but he'll play better. Get hot on a hot streak, and the power play has got to improve. It can't go anywhere but up. I, I would hope so, right? I mean, it's it's awful. a little like Maryland's three point shooting. Yeah, it's awful. I don't understand. I, I, I don't get it either. Um, it's like I, I I don't know how to explain it. It's kind of like good transition watching Washington's defense try to play pass coverage. Like what the fuck yeah. is going on? You know, it's like I, I don't even know how to explain it because these yeah. are professionals. Like Washington power play, you just you basically don't even want a power play right now. Yeah, um, they play better five on five, and um, Washington's DBs. You know, I didn't watch a lot of the Dallas game, but I saw the highlights, and it's like dudes running free. Yeah, um, and that's maybe that's a good transition. Obviously, Washington um, Commanders have fired uh, Jack Del Rio, which was warranted. Um, and got rid of their cornerback coach. I don't know his name. Um, but And Rivera comes out and basically says, we thank Jack for the work he did. I'm going to do things a little bit differently, but I thought he did a good job or something that didn't make any sense whatsoever. It was it was more politics yeah. speak, which he's great at, by the way. Which he's great. He, he, say, he says words, but they mean nothing. Yeah. Um, but I have watched a lot of Washington's games this year, and I get it. They, you lose your two best pass rushers, your defense is not going to be as good. I get it. You know, you, you, you sort of – that was a sign that they had caved in the season and they were looking for the future, which is probably what they should have done. Sure. Um, but their pass defense has just been horrendous all game. And you have veterans back there. Um, now, I will say this. Ron Rivera's worse. He's a, not a good coach. He's a worse talent evaluator, oh, and his yeah. drafts are atrocious, and Awful. his free agent signings are terrible. And most recently, uh, the kid uh, from uh, Mississippi State, the corner, what's his name? Forbes. Forbes. So apparently, 
He's a man-on-man guy 80% of the time at Mississippi State, not a lot of zone, and comes here and is expected to play like these intricate zone coverages where you have to communicate and, you know, you get this little portion of the field unless they do this and then you do this and it's all, you know, that's not him. Right. So my point is, is if you know he can't do it, why the fuck are you drafting him? To because, play this defense. Because his answer is the same as what you just described. Every answer is. Oh, he's a good football player. Yeah. He's athletic. We, we, we like his talent. We, we, need, we like his speed. Yeah. Uh, you know, but you know what he doesn't do? He doesn't play zone. Right. You know what he, wants, he was asked to do here? Play a lot of zone. Right. It's just like that safety they had a couple years ago. He, right. they, I can't think of his name, but he didn't play any freaking zone, and yep. he came in and was like, this is not what I do. Right. Right? Let's... It you know it probably I mean he didn't he didn't play the type of coverage at safety that that he was used to and were uh, with his skill set, but I blame that shit on Ron Rivera. I do too. He and, is atrocious at picking players. I mean this we have just it feels like we have beat this drum for the last just shy of three years because the first year was bizarre COVID he had cancer like everything about it was. He dealt nuts. with all the Schneider oh, shit. Oh, absolutely. And then the next year, it was kind of like, all right, we came back down to earth a little bit. We're, we're really not that good. Okay, well, we're going to get a better draft pick. Let's see how we do. And he's just good enough to keep teams above the fray that they were picking in no man's land. Yeah. And then you couple that with the fact that even if he wasn't picking in no man's land, he probably would have fucked that up too. Oh, he's, he's, You've got four years of just shit talent evaluation. He's a fucking terrible drafter. Yeah. Like, and, it's almost like... And that sets your program back quite yeah. a ways, man. I mean, think about it. Jamin Davis has developed into, at best, a serviceable outside linebacker. Sure. Yeah, serviceable. You, you know? get those guys in the third and fourth round, right. Gary. Right. And he might be the best of them, right? He, he Jahan might. Dotson, don't know where the fuck he's been all year, has made limited plays. Um, his best game ever was his first game ever. Yep. Um, and then... You get Forbes, mm-hmm. and he's in and out of the starting lineup. He'll have one good game and then like three bad games. I just think that's probably a lot of coaching, um, and you know, oh, that's I, coaching and scheme and just. But I don't think you, I mean, don't give up on him. But it's just like, dude, why the fuck are you drafting him if you know you have to win now? Right. You can't then blame him for being a square peg in a round hole if you knew that's exactly what you were getting. Right. And You're gonna hey, doing. it's gonna take him three years to learn how to play. Right. If if he can do it at all, I right. don't know. Um. And then, you know, the, the free agent signings haven't worked out. You've neglected the offensive line. Um, you know, you, you may have something in Sam Howe. Certainly he's worth a fifth-round pick, of course. But, oh, absolutely. But, but, you know, you don't know if he's the guy. He's just p- possibly the guy. That's what right. he's proven. He's possibly the guy. Um, but I think, you, you know, you, you build around him. Sure. Uh, and until he falls apart. Um, but, you know, I was surprised they kept Ron Rivera. I thought he would have been fired right after the Dallas game um, because I would think that they would want to see what Biennemi could do. Now, I'm not a big – you know, I've never been a huge fan. Nope. Um, but um, but there are people who say he hasn't gotten his chance. Now you say you got five games, bro, right. your team. Because it doesn't really matter if you win or lose. Yeah. Um, but they chose not to do that, which I, tells me that he ain't their guy moving forward. Um, I think the entire freaking – I think everybody's gone. The Martys are gone. Obviously, if everyone's gone. Everybody's gone. They'll, they'll, they should pick the um, the player development person, the GM type guy, and then then get your coach. I, I agree. I think that has to be the first hire. Is is the tr- a true GM by every 
by every definition of the position. Yeah. They they are the head of the snake of all the scouts, of all the other assistant GMs, cap uh, specialists, et cetera. They are running the player development ship, and then he has the say into what head coach he thinks he can work alongside with, right. with his vision of what a roster should look like. I, I think it's traditional. It's a bit old school, but at the same token, it works in today's NFL. And you look at the most successful teams year in and year out, and that's how it works. You know, I don't know about Nick Sirianni in Philly. I think he's kind of a blowhard, but he I, gets the guys to play really hard. I, he's I got, like him. I, I made fun of him when he got hired. I was like, who is this buffoon? Exactly. Um, but, but he's got giant balls. Yeah, he's risky like as hell, but here's the thing. He does not really have much of a say in who they pick. No, he has no say, which no. is the way it's supposed to be. Exactly right. And I think that that synergy works in the NFL. With how close a league this is, you need specialists to do their special thing. Isn't it so ironic that the guys that are like – the Rivera's of the world, the dinosaurs, mm-hmm. who are like, you know, hey, I know the game. I played the game. I've been around the game. I know the game. They don't give the specialists the opportunity to be the specialists. It's yeah. so ironic. It's like, so you're saying the game's super intricate and, and every little minute of every film study is so important, yet you're going to be the player evaluator and the head coach, and you're going to have a say in how the offense is run, and you're going to... Dude, it, it's a it's a whole it's a complete contradiction unto itself. Right. Let the specialists do their thing. Unfortunately for Bienemy, I think he saw this as a sinking ship, and he would get his first opportunity to to slide in as a head coach. I really do. Right. Um. And I'm kind of sad for him that they didn't fire Rivera. You know. Yeah. Just I don't from know why. Just, I, don't, I just don't know the upside. You, I don't know. You, it let's either. let's see if the dude. I heard a knows. theory today from from one of the pundits who's pretty good on the radio, and his thought was. The Harris group is very good about um, perception and showing that they are a professionally run organization, and they want to sweeten the pot by showing everybody, hey, we we just don't clean house. You know, Frank Reich had a tough start to Carolina, and they canned him immediately. They're like, we're not that kind of team. Yeah, but he's one and a half. I understand, but 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 in in sharp contrast, it's like that's another organization that has a, a quick leash. And they they don't want to be that team. At the same token, I'm with you. I don't think that there's a down. I don't really think there's an upside to keeping Rivera at this point. This defense is so bad. Yeah. If everything goes right, they're only going to win two out of their last five games. They're going to go two and three down the stretch, Jerry, and they're going to be six and 11. That's what's going to happen. Yeah. I mean, I'm going to have a bye week coming up, right? Yeah, well, let's go. Let's go. I mean, they're they're going to lose by thirty points this weekend to Miami. Miami's going to score Miami. minimum thirty five. Absolutely, they're they're not going to. My only fantasy hope there is that Sam Howell has another three hundred. Well, that's yard, a that's actually he'd game. be actually a good pick because he's going to have to throw to. Well, he's keep my QB up. right now, so. Um, my team's boy, a fucking sinking ship, dude. Yeah. My I've lost like five straight. I mean, just Justin Jefferson was my first. I keep. Keeping him because they keep saying they took him off IR and, and then they put they, him back on. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so that was terrible. Uh, but but I digress. Uh, and Joe Burrow is my quarterback, which is yeah. great. Um, all right, Washington's four and eight. Here is their remaining schedule: Miami, mm-hmm. the Rams at the Rams. No the way Jets. they win going out west. The Jets at the Jets, and yeah. that might be uh, Aaron Rodgers coming back. San Fran, Dallas. All right. So, oh Jesus Christ! Yeah. So okay. So I I, I take they're it back. one. Go, and, they're one and four. They're one and four. Right. And they will end up five, five and, and 12. twelve. Should that, put them top four. No. No. Uh, oh yeah. They're five right now. Yeah. Maybe. 
Let's see. Um, Anything they can do to get into the top three or four. Yeah, but you say that, but they'll fuck it up. Well, I don't know who's in charge. I don't know who's in charge. I mean, (laughs) I got to tell you, it was so funny. Earlier, I was listening to the radio and Jay Gruden came on. He's uh funny as shit, by the way. I love hearing his like, uh, um, he was a a legit coordinator and head coach in this league, but he has like he could be talking to us right now on the same. Yeah, level. he's like, like a, he's like a kind of like a buffoon. Yeah, type. exactly, yeah. exactly right. Um, and and he's awesome. But uh, they were asking, they were like, so if if Washington lands in the top five, would you be opposed to them taking somebody like Marvin Harrison Jr.? You know, they're like, even though you just paid and you have two young wide receivers, what about him? He goes, here's the deal, guys. He goes, believe it or not, this team's had a top fifteen pick however many years in a row. He goes. Their list of needs is still one of the longest in the NFL. <laughs> he yeah. goes, he's like, they need a tackle. They need an edge rusher. They need a corner. They need a wide receiver. They yeah. need a tight end. I mean, and I was like, holy shit, he's right. All the needs that we say we need every year, they still haven't addressed. It's unbelievable. Yeah. I'm trying to find the uh, – They this thing has the Panthers at 1-9. I think they're 1-10 now. So I can't get the updated. Uh, but didn't the Panthers trade away their first pick? Doesn't Chicago have like the Panthers and their own first round picks? Yeah, maybe. Yeah. I All think right. Chicago's basically, they're poised to be two right. picks in the top five. Yeah, but we get their second round pick. We do. Which is like 33. That's exactly right. right. Washington's four and eight. Let's say they go, let's, the other teams that are four and eight, uh, the Giants, but they swept us, so they're behind us. And they'll probably dabble, win. We'll get them to another couple wins. Yeah. Um, so nobody in the NFC East. Uh, Chicago's three and eight. We might catch them. Um, Carolina's one and ten. I think they're going to be the number. Not going to catch them. Arizona's two and ten. Probably not going to catch them. Probably not. Um, Chargers four and seven. We're not. Nah, they're going to finish ahead of us. Tennessee four and seven. They'll finish ahead of us. I say us. God, what an asshole. New England two and nine. Shit. Yeah, they might finish. They, they they might they might have a better draft pick. Yeah, so Washington's going to be four or five. I four think or five. Yeah, certainly in the top five. Yeah, most likely. Yeah, because that's that's sort of a murderer's row finish. Oh, well, we probably have the hardest schedule down yeah. the stretch. But doesn't they, take much. With they play defense. the Chargers, and they're go. Who's going to try to tank that game worse? <laughs> Although tanking rarely ever matters. It doesn't matter. Um, it doesn't matter. And that's why firing Rivera doesn't fucking matter to me. Because yeah. you know. God damn it! All right, so let, let me let me go. To, let me pull up a draft board um, for 2024. Um, the big, the big fifty. Right here's the first top ten picks according to this: Caleb Williams, of course, mm-hmm. Marvin Harrison Jr., yep, Drake May, um, Fashu, who's an offensive tackle at Penn State. I think he's the Gonzaga kid. Yes, he I is. I think he is. Yeah, he's nasty. Um, yeah, he's uh, apparently has no run blocking skills, but is unparalleled in pass blocking, even uh, compared to Tyron, Tyron Smith when he came out. Interesting. Um, uh, Brock Bowers, tight end, Georgia. Love that guy. Yeah. Uh, the edge rusher Latu from UCLA. Yeah. Yep. Uh, Joe Alt, big tackle from Notre Dame. Uh, Malik Neighbors, uh, wide receiver from LSU. Uh, Jerzon Newton from Illinois. He's a defensive interior. We won't get him. We won't. Um, Rome Udunse from Washington. He's a wide receiver. Chop. Chop from QO. Uh, Quince Orchard. Chop Robinson. Yep. Not sure. I think he's. 
I like him, but now, I, I view him as like what's a third great round. is the first five names that you just read feel like solid first five picks to yeah. me. And, and cool. if you want to say that Bowers is too high as a tight end, I say who, who's to say? Right. Because he could have just as much of an impact on a team as Marvin Harrison Jr. does. So Kool Aid McKinstry. I love that name. That's a great name. All right, he's twelve. So of the top twelve, let's say they let's say Washington picks in the six. I would think just by position need. Um, I think a corner's on the on the on the table because I think uh, uh, Forbes is going to stay. Everybody else is. I mean, St. Juice is going fourth or fifth year. Maybe he's he's still on his rookie contract. Maybe he used that, but I don't think he's. I think he's. But regressed. he is what he is at this point. Yeah, he's regressed. Yeah. Um, so corners is certainly a viable option. Um, I think I think wide receiver is a viable option. They're going to get rid of uh, um, Samuel. Samuel. Yep. And uh, you know I, I love Terry, but the uh, the other two he's not having a great year. He's not. Um, and the other two are just guys. They are. So if you can get obviously, but I I, I do think because you have the depth there and you've invested so much that you probably look in a different direction if there are other equal players if you have marvis harrison drops and you have him as the second best player and you're picking sixth and nobody else is there it's like you got to take him, yeah right? exactly but well you know it's funny i i've heard people bashing down. bashing the wide receivers a little bit because especially in the dallas game because nobody could get open it seemed like right. it's like you know mclaurin couldn't get any separation from gilmore and i know gilmore is a fine corner but he's not mclaurin's not a speedster he's not but there's a lot of good wide receivers that are possession guys that get open. Right. They, 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 sure. they're, they're shifty. They, they, yeah. they run the right route. McLaurin is a pro. He's great. But he, this year, he has, he has had trouble getting open in my eyes. Well, But with all that being said, Howe still threw for 300 yards. Yeah, and, like, and Howe's, done a, Howe's done a better job of getting rid of the ball quicker. Yes. Which probably prevents him from getting bigger plays. Right, because yeah. you're, you know, true. I think they got to go offensive line. Personally, right, that's right. just me. I'm with so you on that one. That I, Joel Alt and the and the guy from Penn State. Penn State? I, yeah, I mean I, that, I, that guy. You slide him. They need tackles in the worst way. Jerry, I I would be perfectly happy with Cosme and another guy right. being our tackles. Um, and Latu, but if he falls and he's he's the highest rated on your board. Yep. Um, we need an edge rusher, obviously. Yep. Um, and we need a tight end too, dude. I'm telling you, the list goes on yeah. and on now. In addition to the draft capital, so we're talking about the first pick, but again, they've got five in the top 100. Yeah. You need to land four roster players, and yeah. three of them must be starters. Three starters, and If you man. go, Todd, that's unreasonable, no, it's fuck not. off. That's not unreasonable. No. If you have any sort of talent evaluation in the NFL, I, I believe that those odds are very much in your favor. Right. You know, that addresses a lot of needs on a budget because they get the rookie deals. The rookie right? deals, man. That's then, why if Sam Howell's your quarterback and he could pan out, now you got four years to try to be good. You have cost-controlled players between this draft and the young guys you currently have on the roster that you don't have to worry about the restructuring. They're not that eighth-year guy that you're like, fuck, i got to right. pay this guy, i got to do whatever else. They went ahead and bit the bullet and got rid of Sweat and, and Young. Great move, in my opinion. Great moves, in my yeah, opinion. Yeah, I think so, too. But it's got to result in starting players starting next year. So this draft coming up, that is why the GM hire, to your point earlier, is the most important hire that this Harris group right. can make in the offseason. They've got to get it right. I'd like to see a head coach come in if his name is not Mike Tomlin, because um, I love Mike Tomlin. He ain't going anywhere. He ain't, of course he's not. God, he's um, such a good coach. But I'd like to try to see them go into like the young – 
assistant that's had some success. I'd stay away from the college guys. I, if you give I'm me, with you on that if one. you give me Jim Harbaugh, I'm going to throw up. Oh, I, um, I just he I can't stand that guy. What a piece of shit he um, is. Michigan versus the world. You fucking cheated. Yeah. Ch- I mean, fuck yeah, off. That guy's a douche. Idiot. Um, and no old guys. I don't want fucking the Bill Belichick. Dude, or, if they if they go after Bill Belichick, I am really going to question. Yeah. I mean, the, the, guy, can't, the guy can't coach without Tom Brady. I don't know how many more times you need to see it. Well, everything we just said about talent evaluation with Ron Rivera, I think Belichick right. is probably guilty of himself. So I would like to see someone under 45. That, that would be nice. You know? Um and who has sort of uh, some experience, and and I must profess I don't know who those people are in right. the NFL. I don't know who a lot of the coordinators are, but I assume that uh, the new GM will. Yep. And I would like to see him go in that direction, more of an offensive um, mindset. Assuming BNM doesn't come back, I don't know why he w- would. Yeah, I don't, um, I don't know why he would. But either. you know, maybe he maybe he convinces Magic Johnson and and the other ownership uh, group that. Um, we're building something. I developed the quarterback. Why give another system? Right. I'll, I'll stay and be the OC. Um, I'm here, and I'll work with whoever you, you hire. And if that's the case, then now you look at maybe a little bit more seasoned guy because you don't want – if you're going to keep the enemy in any role, well, OC or nothing. Right? We can't really demote him. So. No, you can't. You, no. no. If you're going to keep him as the OC, you can't bring in a young coach who he will bully. Right, you're gonna to have to bring in someone who is so he he can work with and respect. Yeah, there's a mutual respect level going. And on. the only yeah. person is Tom, Mike Tomlin. <laughs> I mean, yeah. no, someone yeah. like that. That's right. who. And I'm right. speculating, right? Right. Um. So I don't. I don't know, man. I, I. I. I personally think you need to clean house, including everybody. I agree. But you, you know, if but here's, here's if Sam Howe likes him, though, man. But here's yeah. another aspect of this off season where my optimism soars is. They're projected to have what ninety million in cap space. Mm-hmm. So all the things that we just talked about addressing in the draft that they've got this gluttony of picks in the first one hundred, which yeah. should result in your cost control players. If there are guys that you need that aren't there, the free agent pool is now your hunting ground as well. Very rarely do NFL teams get both. Very right. rarely do you get a draft class where you've got multiple key picks and money to spend in free agency. It's usually one or the other. Right. And you can parlay one versus the other, and you can go, well, shit, let's go ahead and ship our second-round pick the other way. Let's get some more free agency money coming in here, or vice versa. This team kind of has their cake, and they can eat it too right now as far as rehauling this roster. And as we've seen in the NFL, it doesn't take very long. You can rehaul a roster fast because it is a small roster size. Right. Well, um, here are some GM candidates, according to... 33rdteam.com. I don't fucking know. All right. Adam Peters, assistant GM, 49ers. No yep. idea. Ian Cunningham, assistant GM, Bears. Ed Dobbs, assistant GM, Colts. Mike Borgonzi, assistant GM, Chiefs. JoJo Wooden, director of personnel, player personnel, Chargers. Andy Weidel, assistant GM, Pittsburgh. Uh, Brant Tillis. I've heard of him. Of VP, football operations, Chiefs. I don't know. The guy from San Fran is the one that everybody's everybody keeps throwing around. Adam Peters. Yeah, because I guess he learned from he's learning from John Lynch, and he's very tight with the Shanahan's, and he has that DC connection. Oh, yeah. Um, so apparently he's he's one of the hot names that I've I've heard thrown around. 
Um, yeah, I mean, uh, he's he's on this second website that I got as the top guy. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, I, I guess it's it's whoever um, interviews well, and but I, I'd like to see sort of that dynamic like the Bobby Beth or Joe Gibbs thing. I'm with you, man. Even if they disagree yeah. and they're compl- that's good. That, Dissenting that voices healthy. is of good. Of course. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. You just need you need to get that dude to make the um that guy to make the call. Yep. If there's a tiebreaker. I, right? I'm with you, man. All and right. most of the time I would bet you it's rare. I would say 70, 80 percent of the time that's the guy we're going with, mm-hmm. and everybody's on board with it. Maybe twenty to twenty-five percent of the time, there's actually I want you know the Kellen Winslow, Sean Taylor right. break, right? Right. Where it's like Gibbs wanted Taylor or uh, Kellen Winslow, and the defensive people wanted Taylor, and Clinton Portis apparently came in and it was just like you got to take Sean Taylor. Yep. Um. So. No, I'm with you. Um. But hey, you know what, Commanders. The best no case scenario for the rest of the season is they go one and four because I think that's what's going to happen. And Sam Howell stays healthy and he continues to put up some numbers and he gets more tape and he gets more confidence um, and does his thing. And uh, and they see what they have. I'd like to see him win as many games as they can because, honestly, I don't think it fucking matters. Hey, you're probably right, Jerry. Right? I don't it, think it fucking matters. We're just as soon to get a, a, a decent slot guy at eight as yeah. we do at five. But I, I think, But I think that... Uh, and and these boards that as consensus the guys I just read they're not going to be the top twelve picks. No, how no, many no, times no. we every year like four of them fall. Oh, absolutely. Um, so I don't really think it fucking matters. I think it's you got to pick the right guy who's available, yep. right? And that's just something that Ron Rivera can't do. Uh, Ravens nine and three. Meh, a me win last night against the Chargers. Yeah, but dude, they go on the West Coast. You're playing a team that. The Chargers needed that win to have any chance of sniffing the playoff race out west. And you know, Herbert's thirty and thirty. Jerry, I don't I don't think a team has underachieved more based on what I see when I see their roster than than the Chargers have the last yeah. three or four years. Well their coach is apparently getting I think ready. he's a lame duck. I think guy, he's right? getting ready to get crushed, yeah. Well, would you take him in Washington? Would no. a fresh start be good for him? No. no you think I, he has to go back? Yeah, I think he's got to be a Because he's a D coordinator, right? I thought he was an offensive guy. I don't know too much about him. Um, maybe I'm except, except people that are making fun of him. Yeah. Yeah, maybe he's an offensive guy, but he hasn't really shown it, man. Dude, look at that offense. Frank and I were watching that game last night. We're like, how does this offense put up so few points every week with Justin Herbert, Keenan Allen, um, Gerald Everett, Austin Eckler, uh, the, the backup running backs having a great year. Like, offensive line has a bunch of studs on it. I'm like, what? Why do they suck so badly? Yeah, Keenan fucking Allen. Holy shit. Quentin Johnson. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I, I, I mean, I look at that roster and I go, I don't see a ton of offensive holes there. But they they struggle, man. Yeah. Um. I, clearly, I think he's on a short list to be one of the first fired. Um, I think his name's Staley. I'm trying. Yeah, to... that sounds right. Let me Brandon get... Staley. Yes. Yeah, let me get this. Let me get his bio because I wondered that too. Um, uh, you know, because I, I, I'm with you. 
but with all that being said, they're, they're, they're not a pushover team. They play no. games very close. So for the Ravens to go and get that win, I, I grant you, it was ugly. It was not super impressive, but they got it done, and that's what the Ravens do. Yeah, so he apparently is a defensive guy. He's that's a head coach. Um, he was the defensive coordinator for the Rams in 2020. And prior to that, he was well, – he's a Division three. oh, he's a Division three defensive coordinator, secondary coach at John Carroll, D.C. at James Madison – then he was the D.C. coach at John Carroll 2015-2016. That's why they call him the Division Three guy. Uh, outside linebackers coach for the Bears, outside linebackers coach for the Broncos, D.C. at Rams, and then been the head coach since 2021. That's more than one year he's finished. Yeah, no, he's had his, he's had his opportunity, and they've been very stale. Yeah. Um, all right, so the Ravens 9-3. and three. Here's who they have left. Obviously, uh, I believe they're going to be in the playoffs. Um, they are currently leading the division, although Pittsburgh wins games nine to fucking seven. I don't know how they it's do it, man. The worst, most boring team I've ever seen. They are, but Mike Tomlin, fucking brilliant. God, right. good coach. Nobody does more with less. No, no. All right. Not easy. Rams, Jacksonville, San Francisco, Miami, and Pittsburgh at home. On the last game of the season, which Ooh. may determine who the yeah the division that's a good is. one, man. Because um, you got to figure Cincinnati's done without Burrow. Yeah, and they just lost again. And Cleveland, Cleveland, they can't stay healthy, right? Um, They're so, on quarterback number three and running back number two. I mean, you know. But are the Rams are uh, five and six winnable game? Is that, that game there or that is at home? Okay, um, I think they, they win that game at Jacksonville. Jacksonville's good. They are good, but I think I think Baltimore wins that game. At San Fran. I think they lose that game. Home to Miami. It's a coin flip. And then home to Pittsburgh. I think they win at home. I think they go three and two over their last five. That gets them to 12 wins. That should be the division title. That's a tough fucking schedule, though. To, it is, man. To, to close out with. Um, well, that makes up for the Detroit. No, Detroit's good. Sorry. Tennessee um, and Indianapolis. I mean, their losses are fucking terrible. That's they, just they it, lost man. to they, Indianapolis at home. And they that's lost why, to Pittsburgh. That's why they lost to Cleveland. That's why winning last night was so important because they play these ugly games. Yeah. Even though they're the better team, they find themselves in these dogfights. And, and no they got to find a way how to win. No one is more overrated than Lamar Jackson. When he has a good game, everybody's like, MVP. I mean, they was just like, you know, best right. player in the league. And then, no, he's not. They don't have four games where he's throwing for fucking 200 yards. It's weird with him, though. It's quarter to quarter with him. Yeah, he'll have like five consecutive three and outs. Yeah, and, and then, then he'll, he'll go six for seven plus yeah. three rushes for 40 yards and two touchdowns. You know, he's he's and he, he's well, look, one of I a mean, kind. They, they'll make the playoffs. I, I don't think they're going to get to buy or anything. No, and they'll win a game or two. Maybe a game in the playoffs. They're they're not a they're not the upper echelon team. I think the problem there is they can't play know, with Philly. And, I don't and know that their defense can be lights out enough against a game like they Kansas City or Kansas Philly City or, or Philly or you know yeah. one of those guys. I will say this though, I think Philly, I think Philly's using up all their lucky charms right now. Yeah, they've they've won the last four games where they've been down by ten or more in the second half, 
and have been outgained by more than 100 yards in every game. Jalen Hurts. And everybody's I, like, oh, yeah, but they just know how to win. And I'm like, guys, yeah. extrapolate that to the playoffs. You're not fucking doing that in the playoffs. <laughs> Did you see? I, was like, I mean, Jalen Hurts, I, I like him. I do, too. Because his facial expression is the same whether or not he has 400 yards or 100 yards. He just looks pissed Did off. Did you see when they Elliott hit that 59-yard yeah. yesterday? Hurts is on the sideline in his parka in the pouring down rain, and, and he he's just, just looks like, off to the side like, He's like shakes his head. Part of his head, part of it looked like he was like, "Fuck, I gotta go play overtime." Right. <laughs> you know? He just shook his head. I, yeah. I was talking to Holly, and the best part was they did the coin flip, and uh, Gabe Davis, by the way, who I started last week, zero targets, zero catches. Now he had a hundred like twenty yards and like three touchdowns, and I didn't play him. Um, but he, wait, you gave up on a player after a week? Yeah. No, they won. Well, I, I've had him out for like five weeks. Let's be honest. Um, so they the Bills won the toss and said we'll take the ball and brandon uh whoever the guy at number 55 the eagles it don't matter <laughs> it don't matter man i tell you i don't like the eagles i actually hate them yeah but, i hate them um, too. i hate the fans sirianni's doing a great job and a team i like their makeup on that team but i i'm just predicting it right now everybody's like oh they're they're gonna go back and finish what they couldn't last year and win the super bowl i'm like it wouldn't surprise me if they lost in the first round of the playoffs that's what that's what i'm vibing that's what I'm feeling. Because you, you can only get so lucky. So you can only get so And they got lucky twice against the Commanders. Yeah. Well, I don't know how much luck that was. They got lucky yesterday. A 60-yard field goal in the fucking driving rain. I know. Are you kidding I me? I didn't think there was any prayer they had that. And that game would have been over if fucking Josh Allen hits a wide-open receiver. Gabe Davis. Gabe Davis for his Davis. like ninth touchdown of the day. Davis turned the wrong way. Is that what it was? Yeah. I knew he, what, what, he turned what, out, and the, and the throw went in. If Allen and Allen had time, if he just waits for Davis to turn around, it's literally like the playground. He just toss it up in the air. The Philly guy wasn't within yeah. ten yards of him. Did you, you know? see before we end on the ending note? Did you see the end of the Alabama Auburn game? I did. Fucking insane. Insane. Do you think <sighs> Alabama has any prayer to upset Georgia this weekend? No, I don't think so no. either. But here's what I want to know: when at the end of the game. If you go back and you watch the highlights, the last play of the game, what the fuck is number 10 from Auburn doing? I have because no idea. he is the, so they're in a prevent, right? They rush 3, they drop 8. All the all the zones are covered and so basically you have uh, what I think you have is you have four linebackers covering, you know, about the 5-yard line. Um, or maybe even higher, and then you have a uh, four guys in the back. Yep, and all of your zones are covered. That's correct. Right? So when the ball is in the air, you should have two guys in every zone. That's exactly because right. you should be moving. Literally outnumber them. So when he threw the ball to the corner, which was even better because it's less space. Absolutely, you had a corner, and the safety number ten is just looking like over there. He didn't even move. He's just like, get him, get him, get him. You know, he doesn't even. Uh, he should when when. When he, Alabama, when that quarterback looked at that way and went like this, and could say that it was thrown about, he should be sprinting to the only receiver in that zone. Yep, you should have two guys over there, and it was mind-boggling. Mind-boggling. How they, how they botched Terrible. it. Terrible. I'm just glad it didn't happen to one of my teams because that's totally something Maryland would do or Washington would do in a big game. I just hate rushing three people. Yeah, I hate rushing three people. Um, it's almost like not covering the inbounds pass at the end of a college basketball game. Yeah, like if you're like, oh, well, we'll drop and we'll outnumber them five to four. It's like, but you got to get somebody on the passer. Now, got to get somebody on the passer. So, good counsel won the championship. They did. Congratulations to you. You, you know, I'm the least important defensive assistant on the field. Doesn't matter. Um, you're, you're part of the team. 
but I was begging our defensive coordinator to get rid. We have a prevent. We're well, not a prevent. It's like a long yardage uh, defense where we. It's like our three, you know, three three five type thing. Um, and I was begging him to get rid of it during the, you know, during the playoffs because every time they go, we go in it. In theory, you're supposed to have eight people back, but if you give a quarterback infinite amount of time. Someone's going to find a spot in his own. You and can't. some athletic quarterback's going to find the soft spot up, uh, uh, underneath. Right, because you're asking these defensive players to communicate so much when someone when a wide receiver is running this way and then he turns and runs this way, you're just asking them to do too much. Right. Whereas if you rush four and you get some pressure, you don't have to ask them to do that much. Exactly. Right? And you still have seven back there. Yeah. Um, and so he did abandon it in the playoffs, which I was happy about because, you know, um, I mean, he didn't do as I said. It was, I think pretty much consensus was this is just not going to work. Right. Um, so, but it, it, when I saw Auburn do it, I'm like, you know, and you're just giving him so much fucking time to run back there and receivers because it's all broken patterns at that point. They're sure. there. One goes this way. They're, you're just trying to find an open gap. Yep. And they're finding open gaps with the DB is looking at the fucking quarterback. <laughs> so, I don't know. To all you people out there, never run a three. <laughs> you know, never run a prevent. Well, uh, that, that game was awesome. Um, I love college football. It, it just it never disappoints. I'd like to see some sort of shakeup at the top this weekend. I don't know if it's going to happen. I'd but like we'll to see. see. I know they're going to 12 next. I think that's too much. I'd like to see eight. I think eight is the perfect eight, number. Eight's ideal. Right. Because if you're because complaining, then my whole point about Ohio State earlier, it's it's proven on the field or not, right? You know, I mean, if you're not in the top eight, doesn't matter if you're ninth, you're not going to fucking win anyway, right? Right? I mean, you could be fifth and be Alabama or Ohio State or That's right. you know, That's right. uh, so those teams could win, but you know, fucking Oregon State's not winning or no. Oregon's not, they're not. And no offense, Louisville's not winning. No, no. You know? God, they just lost the fucking or almost they, lost the. Did they lose? They lost. They Kentucky. lost to Kentucky, and that game was at Louisville. Unbelievable. You, you know what's going to suck is when Florida State's in there and they're getting beat by 50. I know. Because I know. because they, they barely beat one of the worst teams in the SEC. I know. It's going to be fucking dreadful. Yeah. Paul Feinbaum, but he's a SEC homer. Oh, of course so. he is. Well, he thinks they're going to an undefeated Florida State will not make it because they're going to they don't want a repeat of TCU last year. Yeah. And he might be right about he he might be right about Maybe. that. Maybe. Well, Hey man, go caps. Go uh, caps. I for one will not be watching the late game tonight. Uh, I will be I will be logging into the highlights when I get to work tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> I'll check my score when I got up to pee like <laughs> the seven times during the night. I'll check the score. <laughs> All right, man. Let's do it again next week because we're gonna have some more college to talk about. And I think we can really break down the college football playoff, bowl matchups for our local guys, and uh see how our terps are going on the hardwood. All right, man. Peace out. All right, guys, wings, beers, and tears. See ya. Later.